Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh my goodness. Before we get into the show, I have some really exciting news to share with you. My people, my lovers, my dates and mates listeners, you are the first ones to get this news that F the Fairy Tale, my new book, is now available for pre-order. And of course, I want you all to get the book so that you can see what I've been working so hard on the last two years to create for you. But I also, I love a deal. (laughs) I love those deals and deals. And I wanted to also tell you that my publisher, Hachette and Seal Press, are doing a special extra early, extra big bonus Black Friday deal. So if you go to fthefairytalebook.com, that'll take you right to the Seal Press site where you will get 25% off and free shipping for orders over 25 bucks now through November 28th. This is, I promise you, the very best deal that you will get on F the Fairy Tale between now and the end of time more than likely. Okay, maybe not the end of time, but this is the best deal that you're going to get on the book. If you pre-order it now at fthefairytalebook.com, when the book is out on January 2nd, you'll get that copy in your hot little hands and you will know that you saved 25%. But if you're getting such a deal, you might as well just buy a copy for your friend as well. You know you have a single friend who could definitely use this book and you kind of want to tell them like, hey, you could use a little help with dating, but I don't want to be so obvious with it. So let me give you this gift and let me make it so easy for you to give this gift by giving you 25% off. If you go to fthefairytalebook.com, you can get the book at the lowest rate. And by the way, keep your receipt because I'm going to be announcing very soon something special is going to be happening for those who pre-order the book now. So that's my hot tip for the day. And now on with the show. Does this mean it's over? Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am Am I I normal? Lara becomes the tool for you to become your own love scientist in your dating life. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've seen my quotes in the New York Times, then you know. This ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers, and welcome to another delightful episode of Dates and Mates. In this fast-paced digital age, finding genuine connections can sometimes feel like searching for a needle in a haystack, right? But could the antidote to your trouble be to lean in, even when you feel like throwing in the towel, and date with more intention? That is why the word of the week is clarity. People will always tell me things like, I'll know it when I see it, or love happens when you least expect it. But I got to call BS on that. I have been coaching people and writing dating profiles for 17 years, y'all, and intentionality wins every time. But before you can make a dating plan for yourself, you have to begin with clarity. 
You have to go into dating today focused and clear-headed because there's a lot of chatter and chaos that can distract you, suck up your time, and steal your joy. And I want none of that for you. Today, I want to talk about taking control of your dating life and putting yourself back in the driver's seat. We have talked about intentionality a lot on this podcast in different ways. I've given you examples of ways to log and analyze your dating data from a stat sheet to journaling to vision boarding to so many different things. But today, we're going to introduce you to yet another way to understand and track what's really happening in your love life so that you can chart your way to the relationship that you want. Jillian Romero Chavez was a successful automotive industry professional whose experience with a devastating breakup led to a journey of learning, healing, and reflecting. Motivated by her personal experience, she channeled her passion into creating Clara for Daters. (laughs) It's an intentional dating journal app designed to empower individuals to make informed choices and nurture healthy relationships. Please help me give big smooches to my guest, Jillian Romero Chavez. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I am so excited to talk to you because I love that. I think we speak the same language, Jillian. I am all about dating intentionally. You really have developed a tool with Clara for daters to be able to put a framework around intentional dating. What was it that inspired you to create this tool? Honestly, it was a passion and a labor of love. I have been in the automotive industry for 10 years and I was thriving in automotive. At that time, I also was in a relationship with the man that I thought was going to be the love of my life, my partner, my husband, that person. And unfortunately, at the end of COVID, I found out that he was not that person. He was cheating on me the whole time we were in the relationship had every intention of marrying me and continuing his extracurricular activities. And I was devastated. But I also was was just really self-reflective in that moment because I felt like, okay, I need to take some accountability into this because I chose this person. I read a little bit about your story. And similar to you, I didn't date a lot in college or high school. I was like very much a late bloomer. I focused on my studies. I'm the oldest child. I take care of my family. It's super important to me. So dating was never a high priority. But in not having that dating experience, I realized I really didn't learn how to date. And with that, I was like, all right, well, I got to get super intentional because I'm still getting married. Having children traditionally is still very important to me as a person. Like, I really want that. So I started learning about attachment styles and different dating tendencies and all these different things that are out there in the universe and trying to reflect, writing it down, right? I go on a date, write what I was thinking, what I was feeling, all of those stuff and moving forward. And it worked for a little while, but then I realized, just like I realized when I was with my ex, when I like someone or when you're attracted to someone, you start lying to yourself. You know, it just, it happens. You're really attached to the outcome. You see your future with this person. He's attractive and he's exciting. And and you just start ignoring the red flags, right? And particularly, it's funny, it just came up this week. I remember early on in my relationship with my ex, a conversation that I had that made me feel very uncomfortable. And yet I continued to date him and fell in love with him. And that mm. was something that I was like, oh, why didn't, why didn't I? And I, re- I recalled that whole conversation and I just didn't do it. I designed Clara for Daters with the help of psychologist experts to really get very specific 
and on our observations and during our reflections, right? So when we talk about intentional, we talk about journaling, but let's take it to another level. Let's put a number to it, right? And that's where my background in auto kind of like shows over here because I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the data. We got this many leads this month. These people are qualified. This is the due diligence. So when I go on Clara, I log a date. I ask me 10 questions. And these questions are about physical safety, emotional safety, relational safety, chemistry, and values. So an example of one would be like, was it obvious that your date was into you? Chemistry. Did you feel safe? You know, physical safety. Was there um, any uncomfortable conversations that you had? They're yes or no questions. And once you go through it, it's a one out of 10 answer. So it really helped me because what ended up happening is guys that I had the butterflies for and excitement, I go and I log this date and they actually come down pretty low in the score because you know they, maybe they didn't ask me good questions about myself. And then vice versa, the guys that are like, no butterflies, but you know they were super nice, they actually scored 10s. So I ended up really dating those guys that I was not even considering second dates with. And I'm a, obviously, I'm, I'm sharing my story. I'm a very much an active user of my own app. I love all that. And I do similar processes with my clients where we, we track what's actually happening. And I love that you break it down into these categories of safety, you know, and, and, and of that connection. I'm curious, though, based on the story that you told me, and by the way, it's so upsetting that that happened to you. And I know that it's also a story that so many of our listeners can relate to of thinking that you know someone and you really don't. I'm really curious. You don't have to spill all the tea. I mean, you can if you feel like (laughs) it, Jillian. We're just meeting now. But, um, you know, if you feel safe and comfortable with me. I'm curious how many of those red flags or like if you had scored that person just based on the first date, how many of those telltale signs of what would have been in your future, you would have been able to identify that early on? Yeah. So I think earlier on, it's harder. Um, And the questions early on in Clara are going to be different than when you're on date 10 or 11. And the goal is to keep dating, right? Like Esther Perel says it really well. You have to learn about a person over a long period of time under different circumstances. And my problem was I fell in love like pretty quickly. I mean, be it my inexperience, being at my attraction level to him, whatever that was, those rose-colored glasses, they came on hard and they came on fast. You were saying that it's it's hard to identify some of the red flags earlier on, but if you take your time with dating, and I'm always talking about slow love, slow dating on this podcast. For years I've been talking about this. Now everybody's catching up. <laughs> but I'm I'm interested to understand with Clara, like, the way that it is tracking along with the date, the number of dates and how many, how much time you've spent, the information that you need to gather in each of those successive dates, is that changing? Like, what, how is that? How are you programming it differently? And what do you feel like people need to know on date one versus on date 10? Um, and I love what you say about that slow burn because it is, it's about slow. And that's another reason why Clara for daters exists is because when you're so anxious and these high emotion times, right? Like 
I'm 35. I'm in a high emotion time. I want to get married. I want to have kids. It's hard to hear slow and act on slow. And that's where Clara for Daters helps me because at least it shows me that I'm making progress, even though I don't have the outcome to show for it. So even though I'm not any closer, I'm and I've been on 22 dates this year, like I'm still feeling like I'm getting closer. Just because you haven't met the person, I wouldn't say that you're not closer. Yeah. And that's something that's that, you know, I talk with my clients a lot about in my programs is that you are gaining tremendous insight into yourself, into what you need in a relationship, into what you are going to be able to offer to the mm-hmm. right person. So it's interesting to me, like when you start tracking these things and when you really look at the choices that you're making and the outcomes that that brings you and looking at it, as you just said, from a perspective of skill building in dating, because we don't we think like, oh, it's just supposed to magically happen. Dating is a set of learned skills and that as we do more of this and do the evaluation process that you were talking about. You yeah. start to actually build that that skill and build that muscle, like you were just saying. So I would say you're closer, 22 dates in. Yeah, and I feel closer. I think what it is is the data is a deliverable that I can re- refer to as something that is an outcome. So I can't hold that person that I'm going to be with in my hand yet, but I can hold this one deliverable. I can come back, refer to Clara, and see that I've been logging the dates and I'm getting closer to understanding what I'm looking for and to who that person is. So it's all good. Um, And yes, as you log your dates, the questions get progressively more um, specific as you get further on in the the dating cycle. So like questions on date 10 are going to be a lot different than questions on date one, but they're still going to have that same essence of asking those five core attributes in terms of the questions. So chemistry, physical safety, emotional safety, and whatnot. But they'll get to questions be like, um, did you did you feel comfortable with your partner around your with around your family? Was that something that you were comfortable with? Like those kind of questions. And they're not supposed to be so specific as to ask you like, did your sister like him? Yes, like that's not one of those questions. But enough to get you thinking about the circumstance that you were in so that you can reflect in the notes section below. So, for example, when I go on dates and I start asking those questions, it'll ask me like something and it's just a yes or no. It'll ask me something like, was there a quality about your uh, date that you found attractive? Right. And I would say, yeah, I mean, his eyes. So I wrote yes. But then because of that question now, I reflected in the notes below under that same date and being like, honestly, like he wasn't very, I didn't find him very cute because he was a little shorter than I'm used to. But Claire asked me if his eyes were cute and he has really expressive eyes and he's really into me. So those expressive eyes looking at me like that, you know, that makes him pretty attractive. (laughs) And you start like being more reflective about that um, and, and, and not taking it for granted either, right? You're not ignoring it. Because you're calling it out and reflecting on it, it actually becomes more powerful. And then, I mean, that's how attraction builds, right? Like now you're like, okay, well, he's like in me, there's attraction. It feels a lot better. Yeah, well, it grounds you, right? It, it It's easy when you're in that anxious and emotional place to get caught up in the momentum of the racing thoughts and the projections about the future but the data Mm -hmm. really brings you back into the present so I love that and I really want to know Jillian 
on that first date, because a lot of our listeners, you know, they're they're doing a lot of first dates, or maybe they're doing a handful of first dates. But a common question that I hear is, how do you get to the second date or third date? Or how do you know? Like I had someone in my in my course right now who was saying they didn't feel any butterflies on the first date, but like the person was good on paper. And yeah. they were trying to decide, should I give them a second date? Can Clara give you that that framework to really understand whether you should continue to invest more time? And, you know, I always say people are not themselves on a first date. So you, sure. you kind yeah. of need to drive to get past that first date. But what do you feel like people really do need to know at the end of a first date about that person? I think that those 10 basic questions that Clara asks is what's important for a first date. Like, was it obvious that he was into you? Was he nice to those around you? They're just basic questions. Are the fields weighted differently in that score? Like, is physical attraction weighted the same as kindness and safety? No, at this point, they are the same. But the reality is, Eventually, we'll be able to, with enough users, we'll be able to get that information and kind of curate it for the person. But the hard part is once we start doing that criteria stuff, right, then it's Clara telling you who to date. And I don't believe in that. I I love dating apps in that they're a source, a lead source for prospects. But the reality is there's so much criteria out there that we literally criteria ourselves out of our match, right? Like I talked to a guy the other day and he said, you know, I'm a bald um, short guy. My wife would have never chosen me if I was on these dating apps, right? Um, and I said, yeah, it's the criteria. The criteria stuff, that, that's where the part is. Um, and that's where Clara, my criteria now, it's improved my my criteria choices and my swiping choices on the dating apps because I'm using Clara. And I've noticed that the 10s you know, are like having this kind of job or having this kind of looks or having this kind of background. So it's actually making better choices that mm. way too. Like Noom for um, for eating, you know how you, you want to like, you're eating the green vegetables and you're like recognizing, yeah, it asks you questions like, does that make you feel good? Yeah, it makes me feel good. I should probably eat some more green vegetables. It's the same thing. Like we're switching our mindset to be like, hey, go for the greens. The greens are over here. <laughs> I yeah, I did that in a similar way with dating, but uh I I called it Operation Date Nice Guys when I met my husband and I did have to remind myself because at first I was like, Oh, he's so cute. He's like so preppy. <laughs> that's not my type. Maybe I can introduce him to someone, you know, that's the first thought that I had. And then I had to remind myself. Oh, the greens feel better. <laughs> the greens give me more energy. The greens are way better than the sugar, right? Yeah. And then, and you know, as somebody that's, I've also been on a fitness and health and wellness journey for a long time. Like now, people are like, "What do you like to eat?" And I'm like, "I I love kale. Like I'm crazy. I'm I I always say like I'm kale crazy with a K. <laughs> kale crazy, but." It was making some of that connection between your choices and how they impact you. It's also so much of like you tracked in what you think you deserve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was something that was attracting me to these 
bad boys, unreliable, unavailable types. So I've, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that self-discovery process and how you can design a dating plan and a dating path using the tools that you have in Clara to be able to heal yourself in love. All right, stick around. All right, we are back. And I'm talking to Jillian Romero Chavez about her new app, Clara for Daters. And wow, okay, we're talking about when you're making different choices, you, you're having self-discovery. And I, I'm really curious if you feel like as you've gone through this process with Clara and identifying what the patterns are, and having this self-reflection be built into your dating life, has that actually shifted your values? Has that shifted your intentions? Has that changed you from the inside out? Yes, it absolutely has. Um, this process from experiencing the breakup that I had, he was my first love too. So my first love feeling really just horrible after that and then going into this with a different perspective I really had to like, you know, review everything. And you talk about patterns that you're attracted to, right? Maybe it's not an attraction, but it's just a pattern you're used to. We hear that a lot in psychology and who we're choosing in our partners. And that pattern that I found attractive was one that I was used to. He was very outgoing. He was very adventurous. It was very thrilling being around him all the time. We did experiences that I would not have done by myself. Like, bad boy. Yes. Right. Like that was what it was. But I saw that as attraction and chemistry and love. But what it really was is I was really, I, and I didn't realize it, but after reflecting with a psychologist and, you know, with professionals, I realized I was really uncomfortable. I was really trying to perform. I was really trying to make sure that he was okay. I remember there were nights when he'd come home and I was anxious thinking, okay, if he's going to be in a good mood, that'll be great. But if he's in a bad mood, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make him be in a good mood. So that was my people pleasing, my oldest child, my divorced parents, all those things kind of playing into a relationship that had nothing to do with chemistry. But there's a difference between awakening and understanding of these things about you and then putting them to action. And that was the thing that I really, really wanted to figure out how to help people is to actually put it in action. But again, when, when the person's in front of you and he's exciting again and the pattern is there and you're just excited to start running with it, what's going to stop me? What is, what's that thing that's going to pause? And that's where I'm hoping, data's done this for me in my, my work history, that it pauses me enough to consider if this is real or not, if this is my pattern or not, if this is chemistry, if this is attraction, because it's all convoluted, it's all confusing, and I'm not an expert, but I think we're all experts in our own love life, and we should all be love scientists, and that's where Clara becomes the tool for you to become your own love scientist in your own dating life. I love that. And I know you created it in collaboration with scientists and with therapists, and really from a researched perspective on what you need in a relationship to move forward. So I, I love that it's based on that scientific place. 
I'm going to nitpick a little bit, though. Please. When you bring up safety, I love that that is a question, Jillian. And I have been really bullish on the show lately about promoting safety. Safety is the most important thing, I think, to convey to the person across from you. What I'm running into, Jillian, is that I think sometimes people don't know how to read safety. How do you quantify a feeling that is internal? Mm-hmm. Can you explain explain to us? Because I, I think this is really key and I want to make sure that people get it. Determining whether or not like when you're sitting with someone, if the environment that you're creating is safe, that's very complex. Um, and it takes a lot of intuition. And when we're on first date mode, we're usually in this mode of, I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. And your safety and how you're feeling becomes like second or third on that, like, I hope he likes me list. And I think that's the the hardest part. That's where it's super important to be in with yourself, to have some intuition and honestly, this is like an unpopular opinion, but it is, and maybe it's more popular with what you're doing, but roster dating is something that has really helped with me in this so that I'm not so anxious going in and want, not anxious, but having that, I hope he likes me, I hope he likes me. Talk to us about roster dating and how you define that. So for example, I have two, I, I was out of town this week, but last weekend I was on the apps. I'm setting up my dates because that's what I do. And I have two dates set up for this weekend. I have one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Now, is there an outcome that I'm expecting from either of them? Like, no, there's actually not. Like, I'm, it's weighing it better. So there's not so much pressure on one date to succeed. And if they both don't succeed, like, I feel good because I set up two dates during the holidays while I was traveling. Like, that's pretty good. So I'm feeling good about that. And I'm still chatting with two other guys on the app. So my funnel is in constant progression to keep dating and meeting people. And I wasn't able to do that really without Clara. Like, it really has gotten a lot better since I created Clara because before then I would feel really resentful. But now because I'm a love scientist of my own love life, I'm using data as the tool to drive me. So it's actually like, oh, well, let's see how this guy might work, right? To experiment. You need data points to feed your model. So yeah, it makes sense. There's one more thing that you mentioned that I want, want to get underneath. You were saying that having these da- these dates lined up and doing roster dating, you just go in, you know, without expectations. And I've I've actually been getting the question a lot recently, how do you manage your expectations? And for me, I've always I've always advocated for my clients to do roster dating before that roster dating was a words, just keep your options open. But that's always been my philosophy. But it's hard to teach. Be excited. Be optimistic. But be unattached to the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I've been getting a lot of questions about this. Like, how do we get excited and, you know, look at the the look at the potential date with enthusiasm, but not get into that anxious place you were talking about earlier where you're you're already projecting ahead and then if one of if one or both of these dates don't work out, then you feel like, oh, I'm discouraged. I put in all of that time and now I'm 
back where I started. Now, when we talk about meeting someone on a date, instead of staying connected to that outcome of he needs to be my you know partner or relationship or whatever that is, how about we look like it like, hey, I'm this loneliness epidemic. It's not hitting me. I'm having a positive social connection out. I'm being out there. I'm getting, I'm learning new people. I'm learning new skills. Look at it like that as a positive data point for your own mental health. So then getting a relationship is not the outcome. It's me exercising my social connection ability is good for my mental health. And that's what I'm doing. I'm exercising that. Now, if the person is not, you know, the best date or whatever, you got out there, you you um, interacted with the waitress, with the bowling alley, if it was at a bowling alley, whatever it is, you got out there, you put yourself out there, you learned a different social connection, and you're not falling into this group of huge people in the US who's falling in loneliness and self-isolation. So for me, that's a win. I can get, I mean, after my breakup, Demona, I was devastated. I am an emotional eater, all that stuff. I was self-isolating. I didn't want it to my family. I was so um, ashamed. And I knew that it was going to be super simple for me or easy for me to stay in that mode and not date again. And that's what I see a lot of people have this, this, I mean, we delete the apps, we re-download the apps, we delete the apps, we re-download the apps. And it's not consistent. It's not consistent performance. It's just like dieting, binge dieting, right? You're dieting, binge dieting, and then binging and binge dieting and eating. We have to just stay consistent. And that's where we have to switch our brain to these other metrics that aren't tied to the outcome, but they're tied to we're getting stronger we're getting stronger in our relationship, identi- like identifying what's good for us. We're getting stronger boundaries. We're getting stronger in what works for us, with attraction levels and all those pieces. So again, it's reviewing the data and seeing where we can focus our brain to be the good outcome as opposed to this, this big, huge outcome of a relationship, which will occur, but we just don't need to worry about it yet. It's causing us stress and anxiety. And we don't need that. I don't need that. No, none <laughs> of us need that. No, I yeah. I love that you said that. And I would add that the way that you break it down in Clara for daters, it makes it bite-sized too. Because the anxiety also comes when we're solving the big problem, like you were just saying. It's like the big, and I don't even want to say problem, but you know, uh, our society makes it feel like it's a problem if you haven't met the person Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's, I'm, I, I, I'm, you said to yourself, you're like, you're 35 and you're feeling that societal pressure that mm-hmm. this has to ha- happen now. And so when we're thinking about that big outcome and we're not taking time to really measure the small moments, that is where we can get ahead of ourselves and get into a place that is not healthy, not good for our mental health, not really good for connection either. If you're fostering connection from that anxious place of attachment, that's not good for us either. And if you can just, like you said, focus your mind on the things that are important, that'll keep you away from going down the rabbit hole on the things that ultimately really are not. So thank you for making this app. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for just being a a ray of sunshine and delight in my day as well. No, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate all that you're teaching. Everything is is here. I'm just trying to make it actionable. Like you're the wisdom. It's you, psychologists, experts. You guys are the wisdom. I'm just trying to put it into something that I can make actionable for me and then anyone else that it helps. 
Thank you so much for joining me, Jillian. You can learn more about Jillian's work and the Clara app by following Clara on Instagram at Clara, C-L-A-R-A, for daters. That's Clara for daters. Or download the Clara for daters app in your app store. All of the links will also be in the show notes. And now, back by popular demand, it's time for your favorite part of the show, Dear Demona. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. Wow, we had so many questions come in for our Dear Demona episode last week. And I know there are still so many more questions out there to be answered. But today's question comes to us in an email from a listener named Marsha. She says, hi, Demona. I'm a 67-year-old African-American woman who hasn't dated in seven years. The idea of putting myself out there is doubt and anxiety producing. I'm a totally different person now than I was seven years ago. Is there hope for me? Marsha and anybody listening who has ever questioned, is there hope for me? You are listening to the right podcast. Of course, I'm going to give you a bit of hope and a bit of perspective because as you've probably learned from listening to the rest of this episode, so much of this process has to do with the way that you are approaching dating. And I want to just acknowledge that as a 67-year-old person, as an African-American person, as a woman person, as a hasn't dated in seven years person, I'm going to guess that you're getting a lot of messages out there from the world that are telling you, nah, it can't happen for you. No, you're too old. No, black women don't meet anybody on dating apps. No, you've been out of the game too long. And I know those messages are out there. And I also know from doing this for 17 years that those messages are false. And whatever the stats may say about any of those things I just mentioned, I'm not even going to repeat them because I do not want to fortify them in your mind. But any of the stats that you read are just data points. They're okay. We have more information about what's happening out in the world. To me, they always just factor into strategy because it hasn't been true for me or for my clients. And I've been able to help people at all ages, of all races, of all dating experiences. So if I'm consistently able to change the outcomes for people, then I just can't possibly believe that any of those societal beliefs, norms, phrases that get repeated again and again and again and get made into TikTok videos and, and memes and get repeated by your friends and your social circle and your community, I just, I'm just going to shut out the noise. And I invite you to do the same thing because they're not helpful. They're not with your best interest in heart. And they're not ultimately going to devise a dating strategy for you. So what happens when you have anxiety? How do you manage your anxiety? I'm not talking about in dating, but just in general anywhere in your life. What do you do to manage anxiety? I'll tell you what I do and what has always worked for me and what I often see my clients do is to prepare. Preparation for me reduces anxiety because I know I don't have to worry about the ultimate outcome because I'm doing all of the work. I'm doing all the preparation. I am, I am setting up the guardrails for myself 
to be successful. And then whatever happens within this entire spectrum of outcomes, I know I'm going to be okay. So that is the first thing that I would say to you, Marsha, is to first think about how to prepare for dating. You haven't done this in seven years. And I, I guarantee you that you are a totally different person than you were seven years ago. I guarantee every person listening to this podcast right now that they are in no way the same person they were seven years ago. And I see that as a blessing and a gift. Okay, so we have evolved. We have more tools at our disposal. We have more knowledge at our disposal. And we now can prepare in a different way for something like re-entering the dating pool. And what a tremendous gift that you have dating apps, that you have social media, that you have all of these activities that you could possibly do. There's so many different ways now that you can make a new connection. And, you know, I say this so many times, but it bears repeating today that we have so much choice. We have so much opportunity now. And especially for someone over 60 who in prior generations would pretty much have their life fully formed and would not have as many opportunities to go out and and open themselves up to love, to go and find what they're looking for. So I really choose to embrace the possibility here. And I get really excited about the options. But of course, with more choice does come more responsibility. And so now we have to be strategic about what what you want and about how you're going to get it. And whenever I hear someone is feeling anxious about dating, or I'm going to assume about dating apps, uh, the first thing I'll say is don't jump into the deep end. Just put your toe in the water first. Okay. You don't yet know how to swim and that's okay. So let's just ease into it and just like feel what the temperature of the water is and like start in the shallow end. So the way that that looks in dating is maybe you want to start on a curated app. I've talked about the different kinds of apps before. An app where you have infinite options and anyone could message you at any time. There's no mutual match and the, the options are not selected for you. That sounds kind of anxiety producing if you're still learning the ropes. So you might want to start with an app that's curated like an eHarmony, like a Coffee Meets Bagel, somewhere where you're not getting tons of matches. Or even to start with a niche app like a Silver Singles or like an Hour Time that is specifically targeted to to daters who are over 55. Then you already know you're in your pool. You're not going to be overwhelmed by all of these messages and options, and you can just start small and then set some realistic goals for yourself. So by the end of this week, I hope to have a profile up. By the end of next week, I hope to be chatting with at least one or two people. Don't go from zero to, to 60. Don't say, okay, I want to go from, I've never dated in seven years to, I want to have five dates a week. That is not a realistic goal. That is also overwhelming. That is also anxiety producing. But if you can set these little micro goals for yourself, then as you start to unlock and achieve them, you will start to build confidence in dating again. And you will start to see that, Marsha, yes, you're beautiful. You are 
attractive. You are dateable. You are desirable. You are someone that people who are on these apps and out here dating in the world are looking for right now. You actually owe it to them to be visible. You owe it to them to be accessible because they're looking for you right now. And when you think about it from that perspective, I hope you find that empowering. And I hope that reduces your anxiety and makes you feel like it's possible. You can do it. But you got to put your suit on. (laughs) You got to get your pinky toe there in the water. And then I'll meet you there. I'll have my floaties on. (laughs) I'll meet you in the middle of the pool. All you got to do is swim to me, girl. And that advice really applies to all of you who are out here swimming in the dating pool. I love that you are listening to Dates and Mates and up-leveling your skills so that you can be out there not just treading water, but actually, you know, doing your laps, getting your reps in so that you can win the gold. (laughs) All right. There are a lot of analogies there. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed all of episode 483 of Dates and Mates. And lovers, don't forget about that early bird Black Friday deal at fthefairytalebook.com. Get your 25% off. Hang on to that receipt and tune in next week so you can find out that exciting update for those who pre-order F the Fairy Tale. The link is in the show notes. I want to give a shout out to Girl47 who left us a review. She said, great advice, fun podcast. Thanks, Demona. What would you say about the show? Oh, wait, let's not just imagine it. Why not just tell us? Leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening right now and tell us and everybody else what you love about Dates and Mates. Mention your favorite segments and guests so we know what you want to hear and we can make more of those kind of episodes for you in the future. As you heard earlier, Dear Demona is back and the DMs are open. You can message me at Demona Hoffman with a voice memo or just with a DM on Instagram, on Facebook, or even on X. (laughs) Or you can leave me a voicemail or text me at 424-246-6255. We'll be back again next Tuesday with my what birthday episode. Whoop, whoop. Sagittarius season is upon us. And bonus, I also have an amazing interview with my friend, Dr. Wednesday Martin. Until then, I wish you happy Thanksgiving. And also, of course, happy dating.